Welcome to the Stephen Mansfield Podcast. Well, welcome to the Stephen Mansfield Podcast. So glad that you're joining me here. I hope you had a marvelous Thanksgiving, and I hope you're heading into a fantastic Christmas Advent season. Well, because I've recently, in the last two podcasts, been talking about Thanksgiving and and encouraging sort of a renewal of interest and uh, knowledge of, of that event, the original Thanksgiving, and how we ought to keep that lore alive, and exploring some of the critics of Thanksgiving and the myth makers, myth busters, um, I, I haven't been talking about public policy thing. So I've gotten a lot of questions, and especially during this transition period between Donald Trump and Joe Biden. So let me dive in with some of the things that you have raised that you care about, and I'll answer and give opinions as quickly as I can. Now, obviously, one of the big issues that everybody's asking about is, is there fraud in our elections? Uh, can do Should we believe the Donald Trump perspective that this election was stolen, that Joe Biden cheated, that actually uh, Donald Trump won this, won this election and by a large margin, as he says, <clears throat> excuse me, and uh, should we cease to have confidence in American elections? Well, I'll, t- I'll tell you what, uh, first of all, I'm going to say the most disturbing thing I'll probably say about all this, and that is there is a small amount of error or perhaps even cheating in every uh, election, certainly every national election. Now, I'll tell you, let me quickly say, <clears throat> excuse me, for the most part, for the most part, this is a, a, a unbelievably untrue. Elections are fair. They are well run. Valiant people are working in them. They're keeping an eye on the other valiant people who are working at those election places, those polling places. And uh, our elections are well run, well monitored, and they work well. I'll come back to that in just a moment. But in every election, there is a small amount of something. The machine doesn't work right. The, the, the person who was in charge, the polling captain, was a bit biased, etc. I've always enjoyed, and I think I've quoted this before, uh, where William Buckley once said that his grandfather died in 1919, but had such a strong sense of civic duty that he voted for Lyndon Baines Johnson in 1936. Well, this has always been the case. Sometimes we don't rotate the dead off the polls and somehow that gets mixed up with a live voter. Uh, Sometimes there's actual cheating. There have been elections in American history at the local or national level where ballot boxes show up late and everybody in that that ballot box is voting for one candidate and that's got to be suspect. Um, Sometimes machines don't work. We we know about this. We saw it in the primaries, by the way. Um, Ohio had one of the most embarrassing electoral experiences ever when it came to the Democratic primary. And the Republicans had problems, too, at times. So a certain small margin happens. However, I will have to tell you what I've pretty much already said, and that is that elections in the United States, for the most part, work and are fair. Now, where am I getting this? I'm getting this from experts in D.C. I'm getting this from uh, lawyers and judges who have monitored these elections and tried these cases. I want you to consider just for a moment that Donald Trump has lost 30 court appearances, 30 lawsuits 
in 30 occasions thus far, spending millions of dollars and with arguably some of the best attorneys in the country. He has attempted to prove election fraud since the election here just at the beginning of of November, obviously November 3rd. And he has lost every single case. And by the way, though I'm not a lawyer, I've read many of those verdicts or those judgments. And the judges are not just dismissing. um, They are making strident statements. You can't try to win this election through lawsuits, Mr. Trump, is basically what some of them have said. And in almost those exact terms, one judge said elections are decided by voters, not by lawyers. They're decided by elections, not by not by court cases and lawsuits. I mean, he has lost every single time. He's lost big. He's lost with prejudice and he's lost at a cost of millions of dollars. Now, I know there are folks on the right and believe me, I am slightly to the right. As you know, I'm slightly right of center, not extreme right. So I get you. I understand where you're coming from, but I certainly understand your your, your views of American politics. But some of you are allowing Trump to radicalize you and to cause you to believe that this election was entirely stolen. There's simply no evidence for it. I'm not spouting a party line. I'm saying I went and looked looked for it. I asked about it. I did some research. I'm reading the stuff you're reading and a whole lot more. Um, I'm, I'm watching the lawsuits. I'm reading the court cases. I'm, I'm trying to find out. I'm calling people in D.C. What do you know? In, in every case, I will tell you that while I understand this was a bitter election to lose, and I feel compassion for Mr. Trump in that regard, the fact is that there's no evidence, there has yet to surface any evidence at all that there was even any, if not certainly not sizable, election fraud in this election. Now, I know there are rumors floating around about truckloads of ballots being hauled off and what have you. But in the states where we've had recounts, when the recounts happen, they only confirm the machine voting. By the way, machine voting usually involves paper and a machine. And so they can hand count later. And when they do the hand recount ordered by a court or it's because the secretary of state requires it or whatever, they have found absolute accuracy. Big, big lawsuit, um, big uh, recount in one state, cost Donald Trump $3 million to encourage it. And what happened? Joe Biden ended up with 87 more votes. So the system fundamentally works. Now, I'm not God. I can't see it with a perfect eye, and nobody can. But, for the, but, it's, but there have been numbers of lawsuits, been lots of investigations. Secretaries of State have ordered recounts constantly and repeatedly. Nothing has surfaced. And why is that? I'll tell you why. Because Americans are fundamentally good when it comes to this stuff. They want democracy. They want fair elections. Good people like my faithful, intrepid executive assistant, Karen Montgomery, they go work the polls. In this, in this season, they risk their lives face, facing a pandemic and the possibility of being infected. And many of them had to be tested afterwards. Some of them actually caught it, but you know, then, then got better. But they risk their lives by being with all the hundreds and not thousands of people at polling places. And they did all that to assure American democracy, to make sure the elections were fair. Trust me, Democrats were watching Republicans. Republicans were watching Democrats. You know, uh, independents were watching everybody. And as a result, I think we have ended up with a very, very good election result. I'm not saying I'm happy about it. As you know, I'm not real thrilled with either candidate. But the process is what I'm talking about right now. 
Now, some of you have seen a map online that shows that Joe Biden won much less, quote unquote, territory than Donald Trump. If you show the places that Donald Trump won, put it in one color, you show the places that Joe Biden won in another color, um, then the territory, the actual space, the actual square miles that Donald Trump won, uh, obviously is is far, far more on a colored map. Well, you have to realize that it's people and not jackrabbits that vote. It's people and not scrub brush. So uh, Donald Trump can win a state with relatively low uh, populace. And then Joe Biden can win other places with much higher populace, and he'll win the election. Tennessee, for example, you can win Tennessee. It only has 5 million people. But what about California? Tens of million. New York, tens of million. Texas, tens of million. So you understand my point. You can't look at the actual geography on a map. Mountains don't vote. Scrub Rush doesn't vote. Jackrabbits don't vote. People vote. So you can win Nebraska, and it's not even close to what it means to win California or to win Pennsylvania, or to win New York, or to win Florida, or to win Texas. And so this is the key to understanding this. And I realize that that people like, like to look at that kind of map and say, look at that utter corruption. Donald Trump won all that territory. But it's the number of people in those states that is the issue. And the fact is that in this last election, more people, not by much, but more people voted for Joe Biden. All right. Now, Joe Biden now is finally beginning to put his transition team together. And uh, he is uh, doing some very, very interesting and radical things, just pretty much what we would expect. He's finally getting the presidential briefing uh, each in the morning that president-elects get. Very, very important. That means that the Trump administration is starting to cooperate. I think they've seen the handwriting on the wall. And even though Donald Trump, as we can all imagine, will not leave quietly, he is planning to leave. A transition is happening. American government does work in that regard. Now, Don, Joe Biden is doing pretty much what we would expect. He is going to give us Obama part two. Um, he is appointing a lot of Obama-era officials. He is announcing a lot of Obama-era policies. Um, I think we are the, the idea that Joe Biden is a moderate is, of course, in my opinion, silly. I know he's seen as uh, average, you know, Main Street Joe kind of guy, but I'll tell you that that's not the way he's appo- he's appointing people. For example, you know that in American government, American life, public life, that my specialty, other than than domestic religion, is foreign policy. So a man named Anthony Blinken has been appointed as Secretary of State. I mean, he has to be approved by the House and the Senate, but he has been appointed. And so uh, this man is very much an internationalist. He's exactly the opposite of what Donald Trump appointed and proclaimed while he was in office. Trump wanted to make America great, America first. Um, He wanted an American first policy. He broke off, got us out of a lot of alliances and agreements. Um, He went around building alliances more directly, sometimes even with dictatorial regimes. Um, But he is not an internationalist. He's not about the grand alliances. He's not about the historic uh, alliances, NATO and so on, um, that we have had before. He wanted us out all of that. He thought it was unfair. He thought we were losing money. So now Joe Biden is going to reverse that course. We're going to see a surge towards the international. We're going to see um, an interest in rebuilding those international agreements. Anthony Blinken is a guy who grew up in Paris. Uh, he's a guy who went to Ivy League schools. He is has a deep, deep, deep resume. One of the things that is positive about him um, is that unlike a lot
lot of the people who were appointed during the Trump administration, uh, Joe Biden is appointing people who are who have deep resumes, who know what they're doing, who are experienced, and who know how Washington and international affairs work. The problem, of course, is that they are, uh, for lack of a better term, left-leaning, or they're internationalists, um, or they hold uh, other international values uh, in higher regard, perhaps, than uh, some of the American values that Donald Trump was trying to safeguard. So, for example, uh, Anthony Blinken, as an internationalist, as a strong supporter of NATO, um, can't hardly find anything that Turkey has done that he's upset about. Now, as you know, if you listen to this podcast, I'm furious Um, at Mr. Erdogan. I'm furious at Turkey. I'm furious for the way that they are moving into Syria. I'm furious with the way that they are murdering Kurds. I'm furious with the way they're moving into Kurdish territory, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And they are one of our allies. They are, they are close. They are a NATO ally of the U.S. Well, Mr. Blinken has said many, many times, NATO is our ally. We're going to have to make it work. And he's not said anything critical of Erdogan. He's, he, he was only critical of the coup that tried to unseat Erdogan. So this is a man who's going to be doing exactly what the Obama administration did and many other presidential administrations, and that is looking in the other way while people who are in these alliances with us are doing sometimes wicked things. Uh, he also, for example, was encouraging of the Saudi war with Yemeni and Yemen. Um, this is pretty shocking because Saudi Arabia has lost a lot of clout in the U.S. And the war in Yemen is absolutely seen as a proxy war, uh, which is which is a, about the ongoing conflict between Saudi Arabia and Iran. So all of that to say that this man is going to be an internationalist. He's going to, he's a member of the Trilateral Commission. He's a member of the Council on Foreign Relations. He's um, he is a, an Ivy League graduate. He has a deep, deep, deep resume. He's held dozens of roles uh, in the foreign policy apparatus apparatus of the U.S. government. And so he's being appointed because he's exactly the opposite of Pompeo and exactly the opposite of Trump. He's an internationalist. He's going to try to heal a, a lot of the ruffled feathers of leaders around the world. He's going to try to bring people back into alliances. He's going to apologize for a lot. He's going to try to get uh, US, the U.S. stature uh, in the world to be restored to what it was before Trump. Uh, and he's going to try to strengthen these alliances, which uh, in theory, anyway, govern the world. Well, uh, that's not all good news to somebody who's a conservative. Uh, it, it is partially good news because at least the man knows how to operate the controls of the dang airplane. Um, he is experienced. He is stable. He has worked on, um, worked in government before. He knows what he's doing and he has the full support of the president. Whereas in the, during the Trump administration, nobody in the executive branch knew if they had the, the support of Donald Trump from day to day. That's why there were so many turnovers and that's why there was such instability. So this is what you're going to have. And Donald Trump is already, I'm sorry, Joe Biden uh, is already appointing, for example, a communications apparatus, all uh, headed by women. Fine. I think the gender doesn't matter to me at all. I consider myself as close to a feminist as I can be and be a Christian. Um, I completely believe in female leadership. Um, But he's also announced, Joe Biden has, that he's going to be stridently pro-LGBTQ. He's already put people who are somewhat leftist into the economic apparatus. Uh, in terms of now, these are all appointments I'm talking about, not actually positioning people. So yeah, you're going to have Obama administration part two um, with a slightly older white guy at the head, and obviously an African American um, woman 
and, and the vice presidency and that we all knew that was coming and we all knew that this was going to happen. So there's, there's some good to it, stability, repaired relationships, um, strong support, relational connections, etc. But sometimes that doesn't serve us well if, it's, if somebody is more loyal to NATO uh, I'm sorry, to NATO and perhaps to Turkey, uh, than perhaps they are to our Kurdish allies, etc. And some of these alliances, some of these international agreements loom larger than basic ethics and righteousness and, and doing right by our allies. So this is what's going to come in the Biden administration. We all knew it. We all knew it was there. And I want to say one more thing before I close. Um, and it's the thing that is really more of a personal principle, a principle to guide you, a maxim that I hope will guide you. I think, of course, that the Trump administration was very boisterous and very rowdy and very unsettling and uh, meant to be an outlier, meant to be bumptious, meant to bust up the old, meant to drain the swamp. It was a troubling era, largely because of Donald Trump's character. Now, I will tell you that I think he did some good things, and I'm glad for some of the things that happened. I obviously won't go into all that now, but but I, I've, I've all along in these podcasts, I have been saying that I think Donald Trump has done some good things, or at least his administration has. Some of his people, uh, some of the folks that he's had in place are some of the people I most respect in American public life. General Mattis, for example, who couldn't hang in, who ultimately had to resign uh, because he couldn't stick with Donald Trump on matters of foreign policy. What, what I want you to remember, though, uh, is this phrase, the, the better angels of your nature can be shouted down by your demons. The better angels of your nature, the better things about yourself, the better things about your performance can all be obscured if you give in to your demons. And that's what Donald Trump is doing now. I think he did some good things in office. I think there are some things that should be celebrated. I think the nation should thank him as he transitions out. Um, despite the fact, I think he's a troubling figure, and I've said that all along. But I will tell you that now, the way he's behaving, the ridiculous number of lawsuits, uh, the refusing to cooperate until very recently with, with Joe Biden, um, the things that he's claiming about the, the, the stolen election, et cetera, et cetera, all the ways he's behaving, the fact that uh, the scuttlebutt is he may not attend the inauguration, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Etc. Um, all of that is a matter of him giving in to his demons, to his lesser self, to his tortured soul, and it's gonna it's gonna make more noise. It's gonna be shinier. It's going to out, out outstrip the things he did through the better angels of his nature, to use Lincoln's phrase. And I want you to remember that you can spend thirty years doing great stuff and then blow it in one year if you give in to your demons. You can spend four years of an administration doing good stuff and then blow it if you mishandle the election and the transition period. I'm not saying, by the way, that's Trump. I'm just using that as an example. So as we, as we continue to ponder what's going on with Joe Biden and Donald Trump, and we continue to move towards the transition and, a, and obviously a Biden administration, as troubling as it might be to those of us who are Christians and those of us who are conservatives, the fact of the matter is that Donald Trump is trashing his reputation even more than he already has by giving in to his demons. And those are shouting out, shouting down, out shouting, making more noise than the good things he accomplished through the better angels of his nature. And that is one of the great principles of life and leadership. More soon. Stephen Mansfield is a New York Times bestselling author, a popular speaker, and a frequent faith and culture commentator on Fox and CNN. His groundbreaking books on faith and society 
include The Faith of George W. Bush, The Search for God in Guinness, Mansfield's Book of Manly Men, and Lincoln's Battle with God. Learn more at stephenmansfield.tv.